Hello and welcome to Web3 Delight Podcast. My name is Tesha Teshanovic and I will be your host today. Web3 is not about technology. This is a social movement towards transparency, consensus, inclusiveness, ownership and openness. To that end, we'll explore different elements of Web3 with our guests and learn from their journeys. Linda, why do you think Africa is a future of blockchain? You have a very vibrant uh, blockchain community in Nigeria. Yeah, so I think that, I mean, it makes sense why, you know, I consider Africa an important market um, for blockchain. Um, one, because first, we are considered a very young continent. Um, by 2030, as of today, we have about 1.4 billion people in the continent. And the bulk of these, you know, people are digital natives. They are within the ages of 18 and 25. And, you know, if you check the, the buyer persona for most crypto and blockchain pre- um, projects, you'll find that these are relatively young people, people who want things done, you know, you know, faster, people who would appreciate um, what's called seamless transactions. And... Every day we see one blockchain project spring up, another spring up. And you can also see that there is diversity, right? It transcends beyond fintech. So I do feel that Africa has a lot of problems that, you know, can leverage blockchain as a tool to drive home, you know, possible solutions. And that is why I continue to say that Africa is an important market for blockchain. Yeah, and when we talk about the African market, we first talk about the human potential. Africa yeah. has a vast human potential for the development of the Web3 talent. Africa, I was reading a research yesterday. So I, I, I saw first that, you know, um, a lot of talents were, I mean, when it comes to talent demand, we had India um, on the map. We also had, you know, um, I think Indonesia. And then in, a big part was, you know, springing out of Nigeria, which, you know, is the giant of Africa. So, yes, I do think that as much as, you know, there is a talent gap, we need to first address the talent gap when it comes to blockchain and blockchain infrastructures and projects, right? So I, I, one would rest heavily on the fact that blockchain is kind of early here in Africa and adoption is slow and you know because we don't have the right education um, adoption is not picking as as it should um, except for cryptocurrency and of course because we don't have so much education we have that talent skill gap so yes I do see two things here blockchain as an enabler for you know employment open up it's going to open up a lot of job opportunities and it is opening up a lot of job opportunities for young ones and on the other hand we need to bridge the education side such that we can continue to churn out talent right ready to take on you know the the jobs of the future of which blockchain is a big part of it and nigeria has one of the biggest uh, cryptocurrency adoption rates in the world I wouldn't say in the world, but Nigeria is a very, you know, so I, I mean, Nigeria has the, the, the biggest adoption um, rates here in Africa. And it makes sense, right? I'm Nigerian. I understand how things, I'm Nigerian and I, I do understand how things work. Um, just because we are pretty tired of, you know, the way things are going, um, you are unable to complete the transactions. So take, for instance, I would speak to the fintech boom, right? The fintech is, I mean, fintech, or like I said, the fintech space is booming because, you know, it is capitalizing majorly on the labs of traditional banking systems, right? Fintech, which will be financial technology, the kind of inclusivity we, we tend to see um, in, uh, in fintech nowadays, you can complete transactions, you know, 
peer-to-peer, -peer, right? I do not need middlemen to transact. You know, there is one law today, there's another policy tomorrow. So next tomorrow, you wake up to another stringent rule that kind of, you know, um, impairs your ability to, to fundamentally transact, transact with, you know, um, even cross-country, even within the country. Do you understand? There are bank transactions that stall for days and you are not able to resolve. But... Taking crypto here, right? Crypto presents that opportunity for you to transact peer to peer. There are really no there's really nobody really breathing down your neck as to the level at which you need to transact. For instance, something happened when I went to Ghana just two weeks ago, and I was trying to make payments, right, with my MasterCard, thinking that I would be able to sort out my hotel bills when I get to Ghana. But the truth of the matter was I was crippled because I couldn't spend beyond $20 right i internationally i had seen the news somewhere but i really didn't see that i didn't really i didn't think through it right but it did happen to me and it hit home and i said to myself what if this hotel here right or this hotel um the management would accept crypto i would just transact from my wallet to the hotel's wallet and you know that transaction is done within a couple of seconds minutes and I'm, i've checked in but these are the kind of problems that we need solutions to and which is why you would continue to see that cryptocurrency would continue to dominate you know most transactional spaces here in nigeria so yeah uh, there there is also a lot of problem with the unbanked in africa people who yes. cannot access and have a uh, bank accounts so um i i think that it is um so i would i would answer that um, by saying that we still have a lot of people who are disenfranchised from banking, basic banking services. And this would be because we do not have enough banks that, you know, would penetrate, you know, very remote areas of Nigeria. So you would say that they have, they lack access to bank accounts, right? And this is what I also continue to say that crypto would, would you know, put an end to, right? If we can just at the grassroots, continue to educate, you know, the mass, the masses as to why, you know, you might all, you might, the fact that they have alternative means of transactions, which, you know, crypto, crypto presents. Um, beyond that, right, it's not even just having access to, um, or the lack of access to bank accounts. There are so many of us that have bank accounts, but because of the bureaucracy, because of, you know, the way that you would have to spend, you know, you, you, for instance, you want to make a transaction, you need to go into the bank, you need to fill this form, you need to fill that form, you want so common PO ATM withdrawals are usually a challenge. You will see that there are a long line of people trying to make withdrawal via, you know, a bank's ATM. And mobile banking is putting an end to that, right? Mobile banking is also very P2P. You are very sorry, it's very fintech, right? That's what I'm trying to say. When you walk down the street of the streets in Lagos, you will find at least a hundred mobile bankers. They call themselves POS agents that are ready to serve you, and you continue to see that growth because you know the service that they continue to um, they continue to offer is one that is appreciated. Is one that I find value. I do not mind paying a token to withdraw and just get my transactions done in less than five minutes as opposed to going to queue at the bank or going to um, queue at the bank's atm so yes would continue to see this surge um in you know alternative means of transactions and i think that africa is a hotbed for that yeah because africa is a pioneer in mobile transactions yes it is internet penetration right now
stands at 51%. You'll find I was also reading some the reports and, you know, I was looking at the the just to compare the stats as to um how mobile the mobile phones have penetrated and you find that um you really do not need the super smartphones to transact as long as you have a us us um ussd code that works you can actually transfer you can make payments you can make withdrawals so i think that um bankers will need to rethink you know the systems at which they currently operate um and it, it just you know align very quickly otherwise i see a situation where the exchanges are coming for the banks and that is the truth so crypto continues to do what crypto does right and which is providing the means of alternative payment yeah and which is why you continue to see the rise um so you find that there are currencies where i mean there are crypto that and first off, we need to speak to um, the fact that, you know, a lot of people and a lot of merchants, even here in Nigeria, are beginning to be comfortable with accepting Bitcoin as a legal tender. So there are a lot of merchants that I can go to and I have I have Bitcoin, I have Bitcoin in my wallet, or I have Ethereum, and I can actually transact. So that first cushions, you know, the whole difficulty in transactions, right? It also, and I, I by saying that also, I mean cryptocurrency also aids, you know, um, within the country, inter, intra-country transactions and cross-country transactions. I'm able to pay um, what's it called merchants internationally without having to go through the rigors of um, doing transfers from one bank to the other bank and then having to wait, say, three days before it hits the account of my, my supplier. Do you understand? So crypto is that, I mean, it's a solution that um, I would think that, you know, regulators would need to um, now start to get serious around, right? We need some kind of policy in around crypto because whether we like it or not, and I say this very boldly, crypto is here to stay. Do you understand? Um, the bank came out to say that they never really banned crypto, but they just said, you know, they, they, they put up some regulatory, uh, what's it called, policies as to how you can set up a crypto exchange. And um, I mean, so I, I see crypto, you know, solving a lot of problems. Another thing that I see that is a key blocker to um, the adoption of um, crypto would be the fact that regulators are puzzled and, you know, just uh, mind, I mean, mind boggled uh, around consumer protection. And I do think that is a valid concern, uh, which is why I would also call, you know, industry players um, within the blockchain ecosystem, you know, we need to start policing the space. If we have a framework that works, I mean, government and regulators can start to borrow relief from the working templates that we have and now start to broaden the policy. But, you know, crypto is here to stay and adoption is here yeah you're right uh, the thing that you mentioned is one of the biggest problems in crypto uh, a lot of people are scared because there is a lack of regulation and uh, a lack of clear understanding on the commitments of the uh, companies that are providing services with uh, using the blockchain technology mm -hmm. So the issue of trust would, I mean, can so I can I can start by saying that first off, I put up something um, last week and I said that CBNs everywhere must create sandboxes, right? Sandboxes around consumer protection, for instance. And now, you know, looking internally as a as a player here in the African blockchain space, I do think that the onus falls heavily on us as players to start to you know create policies that you know 
kind of protects the consumers. I was talking to a lady and she is very educated mm -hmm. and she just was like, um, without that education, she was like, Linda, I do not see and I'm never going to put my monies in crypto. Why? Because I do not trust it. I want a situation or, you know, a form of, a, 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 um, I want a process whereby I can see my money, I can feel my money. But these days we see that, you know, you can just, with your barcode, you can transfer value and by value, I mean, Bitcoin to another Bitcoin wallet. So I do think that we need to first police the space. We need to, as stakeholders, come together to see to it that, you know, we start to structure out the space whereby we are amplifying consumer protection. I do think that when, I mean, adoption will scale again exponentially if we can find a way to actually police the space such that um, um what's it called crypto scams are driven down and one way to do that would be you know ensuring that education gets the grassroots right and then you know with whatever templates we are building regulators now can start to borrow a leaf from and you know start to broaden that but i think that these are the first few steps to policing the space and just amplifying consumer protection. Uh, there are also a lot of prejudices regarding the crypto space, regarding yes. the idea that uh, most of the crypto projects are rug pulls, that your money will yes. get stolen. Yes. So I do think that there, there are still a lot of rug pull projects out there, which is why, you know, would continue to, I mean, I keep telling people that the mandate for me is clear and it just would continue to, I mean, to provide education, access to free education, access to tools that helps you identify, you know, rock pool projects. So um, they say anything that, for, I mean, uh, I mean, what I'm trying to say is, you know, as Besides education, right, making sure that, you know, we, we kind of educate the masses as to how to identify rock pool projects, I do feel like um, the space is riddled with a lot of copy and paste um, business models, right? Simply because you have this founder who is doing X, Y, Z and has done this token, you feel that that is the way to go, right? And that is another problem, you know, that is hampering the space. We really would need to see, you know, the... Uh, projects around diverse use cases of blockchain, right? For instance, Nigeria is going to undergo the, I mean, we are going to be um, deciding who becomes our next president by 2023. And you, you see that I see a lot of talk around um, transparency, rigging of votes and all of that. But I do think that blockchain can also put, you know, problems like trust, that kind of, you know, trust in, of that magnitude to rest. If we have a blockchain infrastructure that that, that um, would speak to the counting of votes, such that, you know, we reduce a lot of all of these human elements, right? That, you know, we now start to say that the votes were tampered with and all of that. It would it would help, you know, to, to, to adequately, you know, settle democracy, especially in governments or in economics that, you know, are democratic in nature. So we need to see a whole lot of, well, the reason why I'm saying this is that we will need to see a diverse range of blockchain use cases and projects around this, as opposed to, you know, the rug, rug pool projects we see around token development, tokenomics and tokenization.